Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Tanner Hendrickson, I'm Brandon Kylie. As we get closer and closer to the Major League Baseball trade deadline, it's always good to get the perspective of a former MLB GM that's been in that chair, that's had to make these decisions. And that's what we do right now via the 101 ESPN hotline. Jim Duquette, now the co-host of Power Alley with Mike Farron on MLB Network Radio, joins the show. Jim, we appreciate the time as always, man. How you doing today? Hey, what's going on, guys? Thanks for having me. Everything is going well. We're doing okay. It's been a weird year in St. Louis with the Cardinals, and it has been a weird lead-up to the trade deadline as well, Jim. Uh, We heard two weeks ago John Mozeliak come out publicly and say, hey, we're selling, and it's going to be focused on pitching, pitching, pitching. And then over the last 24 hours or so, Katie Wu of The Athletic reports that Tyler O'Neill is not expected to go anywhere. And then yesterday she reported as well that the Cardinals are in talks with Jordan Hicks on a contract extension as well. What is your current opinion of the Cardinals' plans going into the deadline? Well, a couple of things. You know, I, O'Neal, usually usually you have a feel for what you can get for, you know, a guy like that on the trade market, right? And there's not a ton of bats. Let's just start with him. Not a ton of bats there. But he hasn't had a good year, too. So you're not really trading from a position of strength. That's the hard part about it is I think they have some outfield depth if under normal circumstances they're swinging it well and you know you could kind of pick and choose which guy you want to you know, move in that spot but I'm not so sure that O'Neill has quite the value um, out there on the market obviously the injuries have played into that too so um, I'm not surprised to see that that they're not gonna at least look at him and move him because I'm not so sure that the value is quite there um, as uh, you know, the, uh, under let's say normal circumstances when he's healthy and when he's been having a better year. So that is, I'll start there. I'm more surprised at uh, Jordan Hicks and uh, news um, because of uh, listen. There are not a lot of sellers. Right? I think we were looking at this just a little while ago. And on, you know, there's about eight teams that really you could say are selling. Even the teams that are maybe on the bubble, like the Mets and the Padres, they're showing that they're going to be buyers or at least holding, right? So I think, uh, you know, the Red Sox, the Yankees, they're buying. Angels are buying. Cleveland, San, uh, Seattle, I think, you know, is, is a team that's on the rise and they're buying. So, so if you took maybe the Cubs and added them to the mix, like there's just not a lot available and it's a great seller's market. If you want to move a guy like Hicks, you could get a pretty good return for him, and you could go sign him this winter. You know, so I'm a little surprised that they would take him off the off the market. It would have to be a pretty big, serious 
uh, discount uh, for for me anyway, and for a lot of a lot of GMs to not move him in in this environment right now. Jim, when we've seen this this Cardinals team over the last couple of weeks, where it seems like that they were selling off as much as possible to bring in a lot of assets, and now we're starting to hear more and more names come on the list where they're not willing to talk about those players, whether it's Lars Newtbar, Tyler O'Neill, now with Jordan Hicks. Yeah. As somebody who is a general manager, does that give you the feels that maybe John Mozeliak starting to second guess what he originally said of wanting to be a seller and bring in assets for 2024? Well, a lot of that too. Um, I, I would say the, the short answer on that is is yes, but I think it's a there's a factor in there, right? So, so Newbar, I expect to have a little bit better year. He's not on the surface. He's, you know, he's an on base guy. He hasn't shown much power, right, this year. So, I. I think that part of it kind of factors into it as well. Um, you know, and if you're not making, you know, some of the, the, the higher profile and and guys are having, you know, like the Arenados and Goldschmidt's, which I, I completely understand why I wouldn't, I wouldn't move them because I think they're a team that's going to be in the mix to, to, to get back um, on the winning ways next year. Um, you know, you can make a guy like Donovan available, but I wouldn't move Donovan because he's young, he's controllable, and he's talented. You know, so so if you start to look at you know some of the assets that they're trying to move, um, there's not as maybe as much value as he's as he's thinking, right? So that's where I'm kind of reading. There's two ways to 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 look at it. Yeah, maybe he's changed his mind, but right now. Uh, their job is to go out and find what's available and what what's what their what um, each team how they value their players, and I think you're probably getting a little bit of that, you know, on a guy like Newbar too. So I, I don't know that for sure, but that's that's my read on on the market. I still think there's plenty of value, um, you know, for the pitching. You know, even you know, like Flaherty, him pitching, he's pitching right today, right? So like it's an important outing for him today. Uh, if he pitches well, you know that's that's what you want. If you're Jim, you want you want to see that last start that you want it to be a good one, right? Not a not a clunker. So you know, for me, that he Montgomery, those are guys that I still think there's value out there because there's still not a lot of of, of starting pitching of, of value out there to trade. So I, th- I still think they can do that. I think they really should consider, you know, Gallegos. Um, even Helsley to some degree as, as trade market. Cause I think you can replace those guys in a winter time that that's where you can do some, some real damage. If you're a GM that's selling is you can bring in some, some, you know, really good pieces into your system. So I, you know, I hear their names on the, on the periphery, but I haven't really heard them, you know, at the forefront. And, and, you know, if they were truly available, we'd be hearing more about them. I think. Jim Ducat is joining us here on 101 ESPN, former Major League Baseball general manager. Now you can hear him on Power Alley on MLB Network Radio. Jim, I want to go back real quick to what you said about uh, Jordan Hicks. You mentioned how the only way that you think this makes a lot of sense for the Cardinals is if they're getting a legitimate discount on what they're going to be paying him. I mentioned earlier today, I would guess that the terms, it's a multi-year deal according to Katie. I would guess it's something similar to what Montero signed last year on the free agent market with the Houston Astros. That was a three-year deal worth about 11 and a half per year. Maybe this is closer to like 10 or something like that. If you were seeing this as a discount, what would that look like? What do you think a discounted deal would be for the Cardinals? Well, to me, uh, you know, 
I, you know, in terms of putting the value on it, right, I think that's the right value. Out to free agency, they signed him, uh, if I'm not mistaken, with Houston. And, and Montero's had a lot more of, you know, inconsistency. He's been healthy. You know, Hicks has had, obviously, the health issues. Um, so, I mean, you could, you know, argue that Hicks could make more than that if he was out there in the free agent market. But I think that's the right, the right value. Um, personally, you can do both. So I, I don't know if, you know, if there's a discount out there, like I, I, I'd be and that I'd, I'd want it from the Cardinal side of things to not trade him, you can pay that Montero price and get prospects into your system. I don't, you know, I don't see teams paying more than that if he was out there in the free agent market. So that's kind of the way I would, I would view it is, boy, it's a, it's a number that what, you know, teams wouldn't pay. And, and Montero, because of his inconsistency this year, would make you pause a little bit maybe uh, on the market this year, but, uh, you know, in the, in the wintertime. But, you know, Hicks is a guy that, you know, high-end velocity. He's going to make a lot of money. I, I go back. I'll, I'll, I'll give this comparison. Uh, you know, Andrew Miller back in 2016 and Chapman, they were both dominating guys. Now, Hicks isn't quite there yet, but if you go back to that market, um, it was also a seller's market. They got those teams that traded them, uh, and the Yankees were one, and I, I think I, I can't remember where Miller was coming from going to, to Cleveland in that sense, but they both got pretty good, uh, pro, like number one or number two type prospects in somebody's system. And then Chapman went back and signed with the Yankees. Like you get pretty close to that, in my opinion, for Hicks. And so that's why I think the opportunity right now is, is being missed if they end up signing up. Jim, sticking with pitching, Jack Flaherty, Jordan Montgomery, those are the two names that are probably the hottest commodity now with Jordan Hicks potentially being off the board. We've gone back and forth about potentially what could be the return there. Is it pretty much set in stone from a general manager's perspective that you're really not getting much with these guys pending UFAs, or is there still room to negotiate? No, I I think that, you know, and we haven't seen any starting pitching movement. So that's the hard part, right? We saw a reliever go the other day. Uh, you know, the Rockies in Atlanta, right, with Pierce Johnson. And he's a guy that's a lesser reliever. And they got they got a major league pitcher in, uh, and in a, in a, a prospect that may get there in return, right? With the starting rotation, you're, get, you're probably getting two major leaguers. Not, no impact necessarily with for Flaherty or Montgomery. But, yeah, I mean, you're getting back. You know, it's not, it's not the, like last year you had uh, the best starting pitcher was Luis Castillo, right, going on to Seattle, and they gave up four pretty good prospects overall. So, you, so it's it's somewhere in between there, you know. But I, I think it's realistic to think you got, you know, a, a certainly for those two guys, a top between seven and ten prospect in any team, and then another top twenty, and then maybe a third. So it really, um, you know, in my mind, looking at it, uh, you know, until we see otherwise, until we see the market set, I think that's a reasonable ask. And if somebody were to meet it, you could see that getting done. So I'm really curious what they end up getting. And I know Montgomery has pitched better, you know, here on the season, but I think the industry really looks at him as a number four type starter. And, you know, I think somebody who, who gets Flaherty might get some upside there, but you can't, you can't pay for it. 
Jim, I've got two more questions for you. Uh, one on the Seattle Mariners, because they have been a team that's been connected to the Cardinals for a few months now. They've just got so much pitching uh, on their major league roster right now. I don't know that they're going to be willing to trade any of it, but if they were Jim and you were in John Moselock's shoes and they said one of Gilbert Miller or Wu is available via trade. Again, I don't know if that's going to be the case, but operating under that hypothetical, what do you right. think a reasonable package would be from the Cardinals to acquire one of those starters? Boy, uh, you know, I think that that's, that's a tough one, right? So, so if you, let's just take, uh, well, let's take Gilbert, who's the more established uh, guy, right? And he's a three-pitch mix, and he's probably a number three type starter. I mean, it's it's going to be expensive. I, I don't I don't view uh, the Cardinals in their system, uh, you know. And, and again, Jerry Depoto last year did it with Luis Castillo. You know, not that I'm comparing Gilbert to Castillo, but there's more years of control, and I do think that there's upside for him to to be you know, a number three or even a number two type starter. So that price tag to get one of those guys is so expensive in the prospects. I don't think personally the Cardinals have enough depth to go get them. Could you do it with major league pieces, Jim? Like we're talking about like Gorman or Donovan or Newt Barr. Could, Could you put together a package that surrounds, you know, a headliner of a current major leaguer from the Cardinals? That that might be the only way, right? I think you know, and and you know, the the outfield situation, or like you mentioned with Gorman, like Gorman's an interesting fit because, yeah, uh, they you know would might view him better, you know, from a from a you know, let's say a DH slash second base type, right? Than than maybe how it, he's looked this year so far defensively, but I think you might have to go that route, and Gorman would I think would have to be one of the I mean, they don't. If you look at the Mariners, right? Their offense has been awful, and they could certainly, certainly, you know, get a a, a bolt, uh, both power and and you know, I think with a better balance in their lineup, all those things. So, I would more tend to focus on that. I don't think that, um, you know, again, I go back to Newt Bar. I'm not seeing as much value there because he hasn't had quite the season I thought he would. Final question uh, from me, Jim. I did want to ask you about Jordan Walker, who at the plate has been so darn good this year as a, as a hitter, as a young guy here in St. Louis, 70, 780 OPS. But you look at the war and because of how bad he's been defensively, it's actually a negative on the season for the Cardinals. What do you think Jordan Walker's future position is? It's a good question. I, I don't mind him. And I think that his best position is where he is now in the outfield. I what I hear here's what I um, wonder about. You this should not have been a surprise that he wasn't going to play third base, right? Um, why wouldn't he or be first. playing in the outfield or first? Like you have two proven guys there, so why would why did it take so long to have him play outfield in the first place? Like there's a learning curve. I, I know everybody thinks I oh, just stick him out in the outfield and it'll be fine. Like. There's a whole learning curve that happens with with guys to to go out there in the outfield and be a good outfielder. So, like even if you moved him to to left field, I think he has a chance to be a thirty home run bat. Like I I, I wouldn't mess with him out there. I wouldn't worry about him on on the defensive side. He'll grow into it. I just it looked like they were surprised that he was going to be ready so quickly. <laughs> and and for me, that's something that I think you have to kind of look at from a development side. Why why need he get more time in the outfield? 
Jim, one more from me, if you don't mind. Speaking of outfielders, Dylan Carlson seems to be also a hot commodity in St. Louis. Would you trade a Dylan Carlson from what you know currently with the Cardinals? I'm a little, I'm a little worried about trading any outfielders with the Cardinals. <laughs> you know, I mean, you guys know the history. I know it well too. Like they've been burned so many times. And by the way, that might be one reason why why they've backed off a little bit. Like, you know, it. It's a tough park to hit in, um, but I, I'm not so sure with the young young outfield talent that they have that you know the reads that we've had on them here recently are, are such that I would be uh, willing to move them at this point. So I you know I I, I know it's it's a tough answer, but you know I think the evaluation part of it there's there's a lot of factors that go into this. I'd be um, a little more conservative on that front and maybe not move one of these outfielders right now. I think that's where the Cardinals are at. We've been talking about <laughs> it previously, Jim. They, they're, oh, they're haunted by the ghosts of outfield trades past. I mean, you even I would be in, too. I would be too. I, listen, Lane Thomas. <laughs> it would make me hesitate. It would make me hesitate what that, how that's gone recently. But eventually, don't you have to make some decisions? Like, I'm, I'm totally with you. Yeah. I get how it makes yeah. you gun shy. But you also yeah. have like 17 outfielders right now that you're trying to get figured no out. No doubt. And, and sometimes that paralyzes you too, right? So you're like, man, well, none of them get enough opportunity. And, and so, you know, you're, you're like, well, one of these guys, they need to play, right? So that part of it, that part of it. But my, my tendency on that aspect is that seems to work itself out. I think when you look at what they've done, they've done a pretty good job of developing pitching. There's no reason why they couldn't trade pitching because they should have more behind it. You know what I mean? But man, oh man, if they, they, they've made so many mistakes on the offensive side right now, I think I'd back off a little bit and say, all right, let's, let's let that group play, give them the at bats. And, and we've got, you know, one or two impactful guys, even if we don't know, one of them will come to, to, to the service and, and, you know, prove themselves that, that's how I would view it for now. Walker for me is is untouchable. Don't don't move him. The other guys, uh, you know, I think we're going to have to see more at bats before we really know. Jim, I hope the Cardinals agree with you. Yeah, amen to that. I'm starting to wonder Ooh. if they do. Uh, so we'll, we'll yeah. see how yeah. that ends up going with Walker uh, over hey. the course of the next few months. And certainly, I I hope they keep him for the duration of his career. He's been awesome to watch. They are really in, aren't the uh, Cardinals are the most interesting team for me right now at the deadline. It's insane. They should be more aggressive. Yeah. They, so we, we talked the other day with Katie Wu and we set the over under at like seven and a half trades that they could make. At the time, I, I was thinking about taking the over. And, and now yeah. I, I think I would take a heavy under. It feels like they're going to be much more conservative at the deadline than anybody anticipated. Yeah. Have you have you adjusted that number? Because I'd like to get in on this bet. I would is say it, over under like four? four and a half now. Yeah. Yeah, it's much more difficult to answer that question now, right? So uh, if you had asked me a week ago, I would have said the same thing. I would have, oh, man, they're going to move six or seven guys. I probably would have taken the under, but it would have been close. I would have eh, I might be sweating it out. Now you go four, four and a half. I go, I don't know, man. I, it, I Like, I, I'm as surprised as maybe you guys are about the whole, uh, you know, the, the, the kind of the relief core on that part. Like, mm-hmm. the Hicks one, the Hicks one to me is really kind of confusing. But again, on the plus side, they've we'll, never been burned by multi-year contracts uh, in their bullpen. Certainly not by like a, a Brett Cecil or an Andrew Miller or anything like that. Never happened no. before here in St. Louis, Jim. Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, boy. We talked about that one a lot, too. Jeez. 
<laughs> Jim, appreciate the time. Nor starting pitchers recently either, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, it no. just is always coming up daisies for the Cardinals these days, uh, Jim. Long-term yeah, contracts for pitching. It's gone super well here in St. Louis. <laughs> Jim, appreciate the time as always, man. We'll hopefully catch up with you again soon after some of these decisions have officially been made. Yep, yep, for sure. Let's do it.